0: Thank you, choir, very much for your song this morning. We are in Isaiah chapter 11, passage that Renee read for us, if you'd want to turn there, uh, back there with me. Isaiah 11, the first 10 verses, hold that spot, Uh, we'll get there in, in a couple minutes here. Last week, for actually five weeks there, we talked about prayer, and last week I promised that. That you would have some resources offered to you. This is the first, well, the second, really, of those. There should be one in every person's uh, worship folder um, just talking about how to pray for unsaved family and friends. Here's some practical ways to do that. So uh, use that if you would like, but you should be able to find that in your worship folder there. Uh, On the front of today's folder, Uh, In these next couple Sundays, we're going to review our church's vision and mission. Uh, We used to do that every fall. A few years ago, we got out of that rhythm. We'll blame it on COVID because everything gets blamed on COVID. But uh, hopefully today and next Sunday gets us back into into that pattern. Uh, There's a lot of talk about Vision and mission. Through the years, there's been a lot of talk about that, making you know these carefully refined statements, but here's the honest truth. The honest truth is no vision or mission is worth anything unless they're actually lived out. You know, any church, any business, any family, even a person can have a a, a vision statement, a mission statement. Some people might call it their life principle. Some have the scripture verse for life. Others are more comprehensive. They're created. they're, They're written out. You can put it on the wall. You can print it on the worship folder like. You can have it on your letterhead or company logo or wherever you want. But if you don't live out what you say, it's really just about worthless. It really is. Now, on the other hand... People can very thoroughly live out quite excellent personal or, or corporate visions or missions without ever making them formally articulated. Uh, so given a choice between the two, I think the latter is the way to go. Live it out. If you can't write it out, you need to live it out. But if you can both say what you value and then also faithfully live it out, well, then all the better. So we'd like to be a people who do both. Uh, we want to say what we value. We want to say what our vision for the future is, what our mission is, and we want to live it out. What do we value? What, are, what is our vision? What is our, our mission as a church family? First, let me just define the term because different people define those terms differently. Okay? When I say vision, all I mean is where we want to go, what we want to achieve, if, if the future was ours to write, how would we write it? What does success like look like to us? That is vision. That's what I mean when I say vision. When I say mission, I'm talking about how we get to where we're going, how we reach that future, that vision, that, that, that image of success. Vision is where we want to go. Mission is how we intend to get there. So this week we're talking about vision. Uh, we have a statement that was developed a number of years ago. It's simple, it's biblical, it's on the front of the worship folder. The future we want is a community that reflects Jesus' vision and values. That's what we want to be, and that is what we want to see. It's where we want to go a community that reflects Jesus' vision and values. Let me expand it just a little bit here. First, a community. Okay, community starts with the person, it moves out from there. It moves to the family, spreads to the church, to our friends, neighbors, towns, and even nations. Our spiritual founder, John Wesley, said, we look upon all the world as our parish. We realize that we bear some responsibility for all of the communities of which we are apart. So community starts here. It moves and spreads out from here. Like, you know, Jesus, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. That's his idea. It's not our idea. So that person by person and family by family and neighborhood by neighborhood, town by town, the community of Christ grows. So understand that when we say community, we're thinking bigger than just us. Lots bigger. So we want to be and we want to see a community that reflects. We fully realize that any good thing we are or do, any good gift that we enjoy, any virtue that we may possess comes not from us, but from God the Father through the ministry of his Holy Spirit. And we depend on him to make us increasingly like Jesus. We want to be and we want to see a future where every person, every community, all those things that I just named, reflects Jesus in all of his winsomeness and attractiveness and holiness, such that all then who come around them want Jesus for themselves, and then they become themselves a part of his community. We want to be and we want to see a community that reflects, first, Jesus' vision. Jesus looked out upon the world with the eyes of God the Father. That's how he saw the world. He saw persons, he saw situations around him with both true love and compassion, but also with a very firm understanding of truth, divine priority, and an eternal perspective. Jesus sees, he understands With both the comprehension and the compassion of God. So, through the study of God's word, through Jesus' example, through the guidance of the spirit, we work toward a future where more and more people understand persons and circumstances with divine eyes. The eyes of Christ. We want to see as Jesus sees. And we want More and more people to see as he sees. So our vision for the future is a community that reflects Jesus' vision and Jesus' values. Jesus is holy as God the Father is holy. And he lived out all of those godly values that make life actually work in this world. And as he did, he moved all those people around him to the degree that they would follow. He moved them toward good and righteousness and wholeness and richness of life. Life as it was designed to be lived. While he was on earth, Jesus did not do one single thing to contribute to the world's brokenness. On the contrary, through the way he saw and the way he lived, Jesus' life contributed to our world's healing. Everything he did contributed to the increase of health and peace that is rooted in God and in God's will and in God's way. And we want to do that too. We want ourselves to be able to do that. We want our families, our church, our neighborhoods and towns, and even our nations to do that. By the power of Christ, we want to, and we want to help others to live as God created people to live, to do as Jesus would do, to value what Jesus values, to prioritize what he prioritizes so that we ourselves and more and more around us can be like Jesus was a force for good and for right and justice and truth. So we can be a force for healing and not for harm. In our world. So, if we were to define success, if we could paint the future, we would paint a picture of a community starting with us and moving out wider and wider, a community that reflects by the Spirit's indwelling and His power revealing to those around us. A community that reflects Jesus' vision, how Jesus saw and understood his world, and Jesus' values, his priorities, his morals, and his standards. See, we see a future where every family is a community that reflects Jesus' vision and values, and, and every church a community that reflects Jesus' vision, and, values. and every neighborhood, and town, and city, and tribe, and people, and nation, communities. That reflect Jesus' vision and values. That is our aim. It's nothing less than a transformed world, you see. A redeemed world, full of people who love and follow Jesus. That's the future. That is success. That is our vision. Why is that our vision? Because that is God's vision. Maybe not in exactly the same words, but that is God's vision. That is his aim. It always has been his aim. And that is where he's heading, a redeemed world. You could find a version of that there in Isaiah chapter 11, an image of that. At the end of chapter 10, there in Isaiah, it ends with this image of these great powers of the world lying as fallen trees on the ground, which will happen sooner or later to all of those in our world who try to take authority and force people to do things that are contrary to the way God made this world to work. Ungodliness leads to death. It always does. Morally, sexually, economically, relationally, physically, no matter what. If you chase after ways that are not God's ways, they all eventually lead to death. In chapter 10, there it talks about those who shake their fist at God. Verse 33 says, the Lord, what's he do? He'll lop off their boughs. The lofty trees will be felled. The tall ones brought low. Those who challenge God, those who challenge God's way sooner or later will come to death. But then, it's chapter 11 here, begins with this description of a new shoot. They talked about old trees that have fallen down. Now there's a new tree that's growing, that's rising up among those that, that fell. A new ruler is on the way. And the description of this new king is so far beyond any ordinary human, he could be no one else but the Messiah. Which is why scholars through history have known this to be one of several of Isaiah's prophetic words concerning the Messiah fulfilled in Jesus. He says he would come from the kingly line of David, and though he would arise out of insignificant beginnings, he would branch out to become the most powerful ruler the world would ever witness. He'd be empowered by the spirit of the Lord, Isaiah says, which is exactly what Jesus said about himself, right? Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He read the passage from Isaiah 61. He'd be empowered by the spirit of the Lord. And Isaiah says he would embody the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, power, and the fear of the Lord or the reverence, the respect of the Lord. This is the person and character of the Messiah, the king that was to come. Isaiah was talking about him, predicting him. And when this one reigns here, verse 3 there says, decisions are going to be fair and they're going to be just. It's not going to base decisions on mere appearance or hearsay. This king, Isaiah says, will wear righteousness and truth. They will be a part of him, be clothed in those things, righteousness and truth. So unlike so many earthly leaders of days past and present, This Messiah king will see, he will understand correctly. He will interpret what's going on in the world rightly. And he will always respond with the right and the good response. So you get a king like that, what kind of world is that king going to produce? That's what Isaiah describes next. And to do that, he uses this image of the restored Eden He says, remember what the world was like in Eden, what the world looked like before sin entered in. That's the picture of the world to come again under the Messiah's reign. Today, wolves, leopards, lions, bears, cobras, Isaiah, names them all in there. Those are the deadly enemies of lambs and calves and goats and cows and, and even children. But in the reign of Jesus, God says there's going to be peace for all. There's going to be peace for all. Are you ready for that? (laughs) Isn't the world ready for that? In the reign of Jesus, all will do right. No one will ever seek to destroy somebody else or take advantage of somebody else, not even among the animals. The weak will be protected. The needy will be cared for. The truth will always prevail. No bullies, no liars, no injustice. That's what will happen when, Isaiah says there in verse 9, the earth is full of the knowledge of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. In other words, the sin of Adam and Eve, who wanted to be as wise as God, you see, the vestiges of that will be gone. And all the earth will know that God alone is God, and everyone will bow to him. Everyone will do things his way, happily and gladly. And reverently, and the whole earth will rejoice because the world will work again just as he made it to work in the first place. All of that will happen when this root of Jesse, this great Messiah King that we know as Jesus, will stand, Isaiah says, as a banner. And all the nations will rally to him. It's like when one of those mountain climbers puts a flag on the top of the mountain. And declares that for that nation, that nation, that's Jesus. He is the banner. Nobody will miss him. Nobody will overlook him. Nobody will ignore him. Nobody will contradict him. The whole world, every part of it will be recreated in truth and justice and in the peace of Eden. That's what's going to happen. A redeemed world. That is is success to God. That's God's vision for the future which is why that is our vision for the future. It's not reality yet. I don't have to tell you that, but it will be. So in the meantime, that's the reality we pray for. That's the reality we work toward, a redeemed world. Now now listen, I need to tell you that if a redeemed world is not your vision for the future, uh, if success to you is not... A community that, that reflects Jesus' vision and values, if, if your life and your energies are aimed in some other direction, then, then you need to know you are not on the same path as God. You're not on his path, which means you are not working with him. You are actually working against him. That's why the work of God's people, the work of the church is to do all we can and to make ourselves as available as possible to bringing this future to be. How do we do that specifically? How do we do that? Well, that's, that's mission. That's the mission of the church. Remember, vision is where we're headed. Mission is how we get there. Now, to some degree, mission is going to be a little different for everybody, since God's spirit directs us in the finer points of that, person to person, he uses us in different ways. But generally speaking, as a church family, we do share in mission simply by, you might say, we are in the car together. <laughs> we are headed in the same direction. We'll talk more about how we get there next week. But, but there's no doubt about where we're going. Where we're going. This is what we work toward. This is what we want to be ourselves and what we want the world to be, a community that reflects Jesus' vision and values. It's a world where Jesus is planted firmly in charge. Now, here's the thing about that. We will never help Jesus become the one who is in charge of the world out there if he's not really in charge of our world in here. For every person, a redeemed world begins with their own redeemed soul. So I have to ask you, is he in charge of your world today? When he says to you, when his word says to you, when his spirit says to you, you know, I want to be in charge of this in your life. Or when he says, I want to be in charge of that in your or this over there. I want to be in charge of that. How do you respond to him? Do do you let him? Do you let him? Or do you argue with him? Or, Or maybe even ignore him? You see, that's what a whole lot of our world leaders are doing today, just like they did back in Isaiah's day. And they fell. They were cut down. Like trees in a forest. Nobody who stands against God's will is going to last. Nobody who stands against God is going to see the redeemed world, the kingdom of Jesus, that, that's coming. Only those who share his vision and his values will be a part of that. So, so do you? I need to ask, do you? Will you? Will you receive Jesus? And all that he wants to do in you and through you to help build a community that reflects his vision and his values. He hopes you will. He hopes you will. Because that is the future. That is the future. Father, what a blessing it is to work with you in your plan to to redeem To recreate your world. So Holy Spirit, we invite you here and now, would you hear us say, we invite you to do whatever you need to do in us so that your vision for the future becomes our vision for the future. We invite you to do whatever you need to do in us so that your definition of success becomes our definition of success. So that we might work with you, never against you so that our whole world will become a community that reflects Jesus' vision and values. It's so much bigger what you're about than just us, or just us here in this place. You're out to redeem your world. Lord, help us to take our part in that, we pray. In your name, amen.